0: The following content is produced by Game Day Media Productions and is in no way affiliated with League of Legends or Riot Games. From the heart of Rune Terror, this is League of Legends Radio with your host, Ponderous Sea Lion. Hello, Sumners. I'm Ponder SeaLine, and welcome back to another episode of League of Legends Radio. I'm super excited to have you on the show, and we have grown leaps and bounds thanks to all your continued support. So, thank you very much for downloading this episode of League of Legends Radio. Before we go any further, I'd like to welcome our new sponsor, Com Gamers. Com Gamers supports the gaming community as a whole with promotional support on Twitter. They do daily giveaways. They sponsor teams. Uh, they also offer lots of gaming accessories like mice mouse pads, headsets, etc. on their website, cgesports.org, and you can buy those for a third of the retail price. Again, that's cgesports.org. And you can use the code LOL radio for 10% off all your purchases. Before the break, I just like to let everyone know that we got one of them fancy new Twitter things. And you can follow us on Twitter at LO Radio. That's at L O Legends Radio. Go ahead and check us out. We'll have updates. We'll be giving you information, and maybe in the future there could be something about giveaways. Mm-hmm. Might wanna, might wanna go follow us, and uh, we'll have more news on that. And we'll jump into the show right after the break. You're the best. Around as long as you go to improveyourleague.com. Improveyourleague.com is the best tool on the internet for getting better at League of Legends. With over 4,000 categorized videos for you to choose from, improveyourleague.com is the best website to visit if you're looking to get better at League of Legends. That's improveyourleague.com. But, ponderous sea Line, what is Elo Hell? I'm glad you asked, listener. Elo Hell is simply defined. The point at which a player is better than their current ELO or ranking or whatever you want to call it now, but they're unable to climb because they're being held back by their teammates. You might hear that and immediately just want to point out all the flaws with that reasoning, but while I do think that you can climb out of any ELO if you play skillfully enough, I do think that there's a side to be made for ELO hell existing. Let's just look at all of the different details that go into a game of League of Legends. You have the laning phase, you've got team fights, you've got all of these things that you have to be focusing on that you can mess up. And really, nobody does all of them perfectly every single game. So while there's always room for us to be improving, there is a point at which you can tell when you're better than your teammates or when you can tell that you're playing better than everyone around you. And that's at the point when you begin to climb. If I'm playing at a gold level in low bronze, I should be able to face roll pretty much every single game I play just because I'm doing so many more things right than the players around me. Of course, there are some bronze players who are not that bad, but we're just going to take this on a typical basis. Gold players are better than bronze players. If the bronze players think that they're playing at a gold level, but they stay stuck in bronze, that would be elo hell if they actually are playing at a gold level but most of the time i'm sorry to say but this is just not true most bronze players because and i'm not just picking on bronze players i'm saying anyone who thinks that they need to be in a higher elo than they are but they're for whatever reason not climbing and most of the time they just are not noticing their own mistakes and that's just called not accepting the blame and while a game might not have been primarily your fault, like that game where you went 25 and 4 and still lost, or that game where your top laner was 0 and 15, oh, am I talking about one of my recent games? Yeah, thanks, Vladimir. Anyways, there are games that are less your fault than others. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna deny that. There are games that you deserve to win that you lose, and there are games that you feed and still win. That's just kind of the nature of the beast. And another reason that people believe in the existence of Elo Hell is because of humans' negativity bias. Uh, Light actually talks about this in one of his posts. Uh, Light is one of the, I believe, leading social designers at Riot. He does a lot of the forum stuff. He does all the stuff with the tribunal. He does that kind of thing. And there was a statistic that humans are much more likely to remember negative experiences they have rather than positive ones. And what that means is that the Game where you go 25 and 4 and lose is going to be much more vivid in your memory than the game where you're 0 and 5 and you still win because your bot lane is massively fed. Those games are, you're just much more likely to remember them and they're going to stick in your memory more. But what that means is that you're also getting a distorted view of what's actually happening. So if you do believe that you're in Elo hell and that you're being held back by your teammates, you're Probably not taking into consideration all the times that you got carried because everyone gets carried once in a while, sometimes you just it may feel like it takes a long time for you to get carried in between games, but it it happens you get carried you also get dragged down by your teammates. that also happens it's just it's the nature of the game when you make up only ten percent of the player variables in a game. It can be difficult to feel like you're having an individual impact in each game. And I do believe that's one of the leading factors that leads to the belief in the existence of Elo hell is that you do control such a small portion of the game, it can be difficult to feel like you're making a big impact. Now, even if it feels like you're making a small impact 10% of a game as complex with as many variables as League of Legends, you can still make a huge impact on the game and end up caring for your team. But I think that the main reason that people feel like they're in Elo hell, and I could be wrong, like I've seen bronze players saying they play at a platinum level, but they can't get out of bronze, and that just simply isn't true. <laughs> if you're playing at a platinum level, you'd be probably in platinum. <laughs> not not bronze one but noob teammates like I have played games at the silver level and I have lost games at the silver level as a platinum player and that is just something that happens you can't win every single game it's just it's not possible like I've seen when Gosu is smurfing and he'll lose a game in you know gold or whatever as a challenger player it doesn't happen often believe me but if gosu is losing games in gold then there's got to be more meat to this theory of elo hell than people give it credit for and i think it's just not fair to just dismiss it out of hand as oh get better and carry scrub that's that's just that's just not fair and that is showing closed mindedness so let's discuss and Actually, there's a four pause video or how to top lane, whatever you know him by. He's a content creator on YouTube with a ton of great videos. And if you, one of his videos is called the 40-20-40 rule or 40-20-40 theory, something like that. And what it says is that in 40% of your games, you will get carried or just win Automatically, basically, because the enemy team has, you know, they have a feeder or they have an AFK or it's just a really easy game to win. And then in 40% of your games, another 40%, the same thing happens to your team. So you've got the feeder, the 0 15 top laner, thanks, Vladimir, or you've got an AFK or there's just all your lanes lose. It's just one of those games that you just don't win. And the 20% in the middle is the games are the games that actually define you as a player more so than any of those other games and you know this percentages might not be exactly perfect but we'll just stick with them anyways if 20 percent of your games determine how good you are as a player because i think that's roughly accurate maybe like a third to 20 percent of your games determine your true skill level unless of course you're you know gosu and you're smurfing, and you can just blow everyone up because you're Gosu. 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 And um, those those statistics will be roughly accurate. That is, I think, a fairly decent assessment. And that's where the concept of Elo Hell comes into play. You think that because that 40% of games are unwinnable, and remember, your negativity bias is going to make it feel like a lot more than 40%, you feel like Because those games are unwinnable, that means that all games are unwinnable, or that you're just not climbing. And that's just not accurate all the time, because you are just not thinking about all those games that you do win, or that you do get carried, or that your teams aren't that bad. And you're just remembering the games that you lose because of factors that are relatively outside your control. So when people tell you to carry harder, I think that they're also missing an important point, which is that you're not going to win every single game. But that's also the point that the believers in Elo Hell are missing. They're not thinking that, well, okay, some games you just lose. They're just thinking, well, that game was unwinnable. We had that feeder, that 0-15 Vladimir. Vladimir. And so that means that because that game is unwinnable, all games are unwinnable. And that's just not true. That's not accurate. You can't. You can't make that assessment and just say Elo Hell too real because that you just are getting a distorted view of what's actually happening. The other thing that happens when you believe in Elo Hell and focus on the players or whatever happens that makes you lose that 40% of games that you didn't really have much control over is that's time you're spending not focusing on yourself. And this is very cliche, I'm sorry, I apologize, but... You can always do something better. I know, it's cringy. I said it. Get over it. You, there's something that you messed up that game. Maybe you messed up an early trade, or you didn't CS as well as you should have, but there are mistakes that you made, especially because, and this isn't to offend anyone, but the majority of people who believe in Elo hell are in bronze and silver and think that they should be gold or higher, and that's nothing against bronze and silver players. That's just where the majority of that demographic lies. And if you're bronze or silver and you've been there for a long time, I'm sorry to tell you, but it probably has something to do with your own play. And it might not be easy to figure out. Like, I think that I could raise my elo quite a bit, but I've noticed that one of my biggest or two of my biggest problems are warding and going way too ham. When you play champions like Master Yi, Lee Sin and Katarina, you kind of have a tendency of just going in at every possible opportunity. And that's a big problem with my playstyle because sometimes it it kind of leads to trouble. So that it's something that I've been trying to work on myself in solo queue as well as warding. My warding is god awful. My silver friends ward better than me, but you know, got to got to get that needlessly large rod. No money for wards, sorry bye. And if I improve those things, I do think I can raise my ELO quite a bit. And in silver, maybe it's something as simple as last hitting. If you can get ADCS by 10 minutes consistently in silver, I think you can carry most games. At least that 60% that... My bad, at least that, that 20% that is completely in your control, or however much it is. Again, the actual amounts aren't that important, but... Yeah. The other thing to keep in mind when you're talking about Elo Hell is that you, assuming that you're good and you're better than the players in your division, you will not feed, you won't mess up, you won't be a hindrance to your team in any games. Now, if you can honestly look me in the eye and say that you don't feed and you don't screw up and you don't throw the game in any of your games, then I expect you to be at least Diamond 2. If not, you know, higher. Because every single player... I see I'm a cutie pie do that. I was watching a game, and it was actually funny. Nightblue reported him for this after, but he was full build. And they were trying to win the game. And I'm a cutie pie decided he needed to get his sixth item. So he went back, and (laughs) Nightblue and I'm a cutie pie's team actually threw in the enemy base and they ended up losing and it was just interesting to watch a challenger player now granted I'm a cutie pie he's pretty interesting he's kind of a goofball he doesn't take solo queue super seriously compared to some other people but it still stands to mention that a challenger player threw a game for a stupid reason and there was no I don't think that there was any real reason for him to have done that. I'm not, nothing against I'm a cutie pie. I think he's great, but it's just, if a challenger player is throwing games or making mistakes like that, then chances are that you're making at least 10 times more mistakes, throwing the game 10 times as hard or as often. And until you address that in your own play, you're just, you're going to be stuck at that elo and you're not going to get any better. And it's just, you're, hurting yourself in the long run. When I first started playing ranked, probably back in early season 3, maybe mid season 3, that's when I started playing ranked. Um I got placed, I believe in bronze 3 and fell down to bronze 4 because I was that bad. I went straight into ranked after hitting 30 and I it showed with my ranking and that I didn't even realize really how the ranking system worked, so I just kind of I was like, okay, I'll keep playing ranked games. And eventually that season, I would just play Singed. I'd play, oh, I can't even remember. I think Akali was one of my favorites. Singed and Akali. And I would just play them, Renekton. I would play all those champions. And I I slowly got better. I I did, my CSing was better as Singed and Renekton especially. I got better at my combos as, you know, Renekton or Akali. I was just, I was slowly improving. And that's just quick tangent here. I think that ranked games are the best way to improve. I'm not saying go lock in first time Bard in ranked and then go play, but if you really want to get better, I think that you have to play ranked games. Not saying that you can't get good playing normals, but that the highly competitive atmosphere of ranked is more inducive to learning from your mistakes and getting better because the stakes are higher in a ranked game than a normal game, so you're more likely to be focusing on your mistakes, rather than just having fun. Because this is a video game, and you can't have fun. If you're not taking it seriously, all the time, 24-7, then you need to quit, you casual... Ugh. Anyways. <laughs> yeah, so, yeah, play ranked if you want to get better. But, don't play ranked right after you get 30, because that's a bad idea, and you'll get placed in bronze 3, and then drop down to bronze 4. And, you'll be sad. Anyways. So, I would just play those ranked games, and I'd I'd do something a little better each game, a little better, a little better, and I ended up climbing up to, like, Silver 2 by the end of the season, and while Silver 2 does not sound like much of a, an accomplishment to you guys, it really meant a lot to me that I had improved that much, because, honestly, at the beginning of the season, I was bad. like Like, probably should have been placed in Bronze 5 bad and would have gotten stuck there, and Silver too was it meant a lot for me to climb that much in one season to see that much improvement, and then next year I climbed from, you know, uh, silver to platinum, and that was another huge improvement for me. So, that's what I liked about ranked games is that they showed my improvement. But the point being, that if I had just said, "Oh, I can't carry these teams when I'm playing," you know, and Renekton, blah blah blah, if I had just done that then I would not have gotten to the point where I got, which I don't know if you guys think Platinum is a great ranking. I'm pretty pretty happy with it, but the point is I focused on my own play. And yeah, I, I yelled at my teammates sometimes. I got mad. It happens. I am known to blame my teammates sometimes. It's a bad habit, but I do it sometimes. But overall, I do try and improve each game, so... Just keep that in mind that if you improve every game, eventually, I do believe you'll get out. You'll have enough impact on each of the individual games that it will show. And you will get better and you'll climb. Because honestly, if you are better than everyone around you, you will end up getting out of that elo bracket. So, yeah. Words of wisdom from Ponderous Sea Lion. Let's edit that out. Because that was horrible and cringy. Alright guys, while we're talking about ELO hell and some of the things that you know can hold people back from reaching their, where they could actually be at, I think that a flawed mindset that I see a lot, especially at lower ELOs, is... The mindset that kills and the ability to 1v1 are the most important skill you can have. I'm I'm not gonna deny that kills are important and that being able to 1v1 and trade very well is also important, but you have these players who think that because they won their lane or they 1v1 their lane opponent, that the game should just fall into their lap. And that's just it's not how that works because Yes, some of your other lanes might not have won, but, I mean, even if your bot lane loses, if your Caitlyn ends up doing 60,000 damage by the end of the game, she still deserves praise, even though she might have made the early game a bit more difficult for you guys. It's just very counterproductive to believe that if you win your lane and you do better than your lane opponent, that you deserve to, to win the game every time. It If you... When your lane, you're doing a lot of things right. You're creating more pressure on that part of the map. You're putting pressure on your lane opponent. Like maybe they have to back a lot or they're not contributing as much to the early mid game. But just the concept that I won my lane, therefore I won the game is not going to help you out. Like, uh, I'll give you guys uh, a quick anecdote about why I think this is flawed reasoning. And, and you know who you know who I'm talking about? Uh, no names are gonna be named, but I was. This was back when Earth was still around. I was playing a one v one with one of my silver friends, and he ended up beating me. We we're both playing Zed, and he just kept um, talking about, "Oh man, I should be in Platinum." And he was kidding, but there are people who actually think this way, and it's something that I get a lot when I play normal games. Like I'll I'll be trying a new character, or I'll be just messing around to have fun, and. If I lose my lane, people will start taunting me in all chat, saying things like, Oh, this platinum got boosted, this guy's garbage. And it's just it's very frustrating because I I I am not the best laner. I'm I'm gonna be straight up with you. I'm pretty decent at CSing. My trading is garbage and I I don't lane well. There's a reason I main jungle. So losing lane is not a new occurrence to me. And it's very irritating when people think that just because you win your lane doesn't make you a better player than the other person per se if that makes any sense um yeah so just because you you win your lane and beat someone like that doesn't make the other person a bad player doesn't make you necessarily a better player and it doesn't mean the game is decided one way or the other granted if all your lanes get 3 kills on the opponent by the 10 minute mark and their jungler is just AFK farming, it's probably going to be a win for you guys. But, but just because your lane is won does not mean the game is won. I'll give you guys some examples so that you know what I'm talking about. There, if you're playing a champion like Trindomir, Trindamir, his laning phase is not bad. A lot of it is based on luck with the the crits. If you jump in and get two crits in a trade, you're probably going to win that trade. But if you don't crit either of those times, you're probably going to lose that trade. It's just very, very luck-dependent with Tryndamere with that 35% crit chance that completely decides your fate early game. And I like playing Tryndamere because he, if you even if you lose early game, which I'm no stranger to, you can still contribute a lot to your team with your counter jungling because even as a top laner you'll take your turret very quickly and you can start counter jungling the enemy jungler uh you're you've still got great 1v1 potential assuming you're not like 0 and 5 with 100 cs by the 20 minute mark you can still 1v1 a lot of champions and they'll have to send at least two people to stop you from split pushing because a trinamer who's left alone in a lane for two minutes can probably take both towers if nobody stops him And so, Trinomir's even if he loses lane, he's very good at at, uh, controlling objectives, I suppose, and taking towers. So, even if I lose lane as Tryndamere, if I can get my team to hold them off 4 versus 5 mid while I take towers, I'm still contributing to the game. And, as I'm sure everyone knows, towers are better than kills. I mean, you would think everyone would know that, but it's not how it always appears. Anyways, so, even though... I lost lane to Strenomir, and the other person might be better laning than me, or I might have just been having an off game. Whatever the deal is, I can still split push, get my CS numbers very high. Like, I can pretty consistently hit about 160 or 170 by the 20-minute mark. And uh, I think about 220 by that point would be perfect. Like, assuming you didn't miss any CS, that would be about perfect. So I think 160 or 170 is if you can get that much CS consistently in a game, that you will do very well. Anyways, tangent over. If you're getting that that kind of objective control early game, whether you win your lane or not, I mean, it obviously helps to be fed, but just because you aren't fed doesn't mean that you're useless, is the point I'm making. And just because you lose lane doesn't make you useless. Just because you lose lane, lose lane doesn't make you a bad player. It just... It means that your strengths might lie elsewhere or you're having a bad game, whatever the deal is, losing and winning lane is not everything. And that's a mindset that holds people back in my opinion, because in those games where i I'll be playing normals or whatever, and I win the or I lose the 1 v1 or whatever, and they are they start taunting me and stuff. it's not I, I just I am trying to learn from what I did wrong in those 1v1s, rather than just, you know, get mad about it and start, you know, flaming them back in all chat. It's, everything has to be a learning experience, and if you win lane and then don't focus on objectives and don't do anything with that gold lead you're getting, besides just sit top lane or sit mid lane and just keep pushing while the other person just farms under tower and slowly catches up to you in gold, it's, you're not helping your team win. Like, if the bot lane that lose if the if your bot lane is winning and you guys don't have any dragon control at all then you're not fully utilizing your advantage you got from winning lane you're you're just winning lane and you're not really doing anything with it you're just giving the enemy time to catch up time to recuperate and time to maybe control the objective for themselves if they have something like Udyr and they can hold you off it then they can solo it he can solo it very quickly and your lead that you got, because you didn't effectively utilize it, your your lead is going to disappear if if you don't do anything with it. Because I've seen teams... I've probably come back... I have come back in the past from probably the biggest was like a 22k gold deficit, which is insane. That's like, what, four or five infinity edges? Yeah, it's it's a lot. And it was just because... We had someone split pushing and he took like he took something like seven towers that game by himself. It was ridiculous. But they would just sit mid and kill us and then not do anything. They they didn't take any objectives, they didn't take any barons with the the gold they were getting from the kills. They just kept farming kills and then going back to base to buy shiny items, and that's not the way to win. The the score was like probably sixty to twenty-five by the end of that game and we still won because they weren't doing anyth- doing anything with their lead. Now, if you can win lane and then get a ton of objectives and just secure the game by the 18-minute mark, then yes, you're doing it right. You should then winning lane is important. I'm just saying winning lane in and of itself is not a guaranteed victory. Anyways, I think that's just something to keep in mind when you guys are playing in solo queue, is that always try and find the most optimal thing for you to be doing because maybe sometimes against if you're playing against like nasus or something just sitting top lane as irelia and just killing him over and over and over again sometimes that is the right thing to do especially if your other lanes are doing all right but if you're not looking for those opportunities to you know teleport bot or do anything else you're really not contributing nearly as much to your team as you could be because you are ahead you you have the upper hand and the thing with league of legends that people don't People don't do enough of, in my opinion, is force leads. There's a reason that LCS games are generally pretty short compared to solo queue games, and that's because even though the players are much better and you would think they would have more of a chance of holding on, the thing is, those LCS teams are very cognizant of objectives and what they should be doing at all times in the game. So if you get a double kill bottom lane, you know they're either going to take the tower or they're going to take Dragon. It's going to be one of those two. They're not just going to sit there and go recall. It's going to be one of those two things because those players are very aware of what they need to be doing at all times. And so instead of just getting two kills, they got two kills and an objective. And that might free up the support to go roam and they might get a kill mid. That's another uh, possible tower. Or even if it's not, it's another kill that they wouldn't have gotten otherwise. and. Just things like that. Knowing what to do with your gold lead is as important as getting the lead in the first place. So, TLDR, or too long didn't, uh, um, to keep it short, winning lane is not everything, and eel hell is a lie. You're being controlled by the government. Hey guys, well that just about wraps up our episode. I I hope you enjoyed it. I I know I was inspiring and enlightening as I typically am. You guys know me. I mean, come on, come on. Um, I'd like to thank our our good friends over at improveyourleague.com and at ComGamers. And again, don't forget to follow me on Twitter at L-O-Legends Radio. at L O Legends radio, whoever took LOL radio, I'm coming for you. So just, just be aware. Um, anyways, so let's see if I still suck at signing off. Uh, bye. Uh, yep. Yep. Still do. <laughs> All right. Bye guys. Catch you on the, the next week. Nailed it. This has been League of Legends Radio.